0: Welcome to the Gentleman Ultra podcast, where we continue our special series of three World Cup questions, where we ask the same three questions to some of our friends in the world of Calcio. Our special guest today is Roy Nema of MundoAlbiceleste.com, your one-stop shop home of everything regarding the Argentinian national team and the National League since 2006, I believe. Is that right, Roy?
1: That is right, Frank. Yeah, that's right. Since 2006.
0: Ah, beautiful. Excellent. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always,
1: uh, always a pleasure, and
0: glad to be back. Ah, excellent. All right, we'll get stuck straight into it. So, our first question: Yeah, what's your favorite moment from your World Cup past?
1: Oh boy, that it would have to be. It, this was a recent one, and not because I'm I'm that young, but I think it would have to be Argentina versus Netherlands in the semifinals, 2014. The drama, the penalty shootout knowing that not only were Argentina going to play in a World Cup final, but they were going to play in a World Cup final in Brazil on top of everything. That, for me, just the emotion over, it, it, it overcame and it got the best of me. I remember just crying tears of joy, which is usually the opposite of the kind of tears that I, I tend to shed. It's usually you know tears <laughs> of pain and, and hurt, but this was tears of joy. So that one for me was... Probably my my favorite World Cup memory after such a tense game against a very difficult Dutch team to break down. You go to penalties and Sergio Romero, Chiquito Romero was was the hero on the day. And and then there was then then came the celebrations.
0: <laughs> and it was the first World Cup semifinal to finish nil-nil. I mean, Argentina are like the uh Penalty shootout kings for the World Cup, aren't they? Like, I, can't, I, I don't know if they're they're leading the way, but they tend to always come through when it, when it's a penalty shootout.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, especially nineteen ninety. Think about Yugoslavia. Think about Italy, obviously, uh, and then ninety eight versus England. Two thousand six, they lost against Germany, um, wow. which was probably should never have went to to penalties in the first place. But that's that's a whole other issue. But no, generally speaking, Argentina. You know, knock on wood, have a pretty good track record when it comes to penalties at uh, at World Cups, and I mean, semifinals is a whole other pressure, right? I mean, fi- a final aside, it doesn't really get much bigger than that. So, yeah, that was by f- far, I think, probably my my favorite memory. Just everything, the pressure, and just the fact that it was in Brazil as well just made it that much sweeter, that much better.
0: <laughs> That's right, it, especially after Brazil's what seven seven one match it's as well it, the chance for it, it was almost like an argentinian invasion of brazil wasn't it in terms of fans and supporters
1: it was you had over a hundred thousand argentines in, in brazil at the time and i think half of them were going to rio for the final at the Maracana. and for brazil that must have been an, like just an absolute horrific nightmare for them <laughs> you have the team that humiliated you 7-1 it could have been significantly worse had germany not taken the foot off the pedal up against probably your big, not probably, definitely your biggest rival in South America in the world, in Argentina and the finals in the Maracanã, you know that as bad as it is, you have to support the team that just defeated you and humiliated you 7-1. <laughs> all because
0: your you problems. don't want Messi lifting that trophy. Yeah, yeah that's right.
1: They, that must have been difficult for them, to, to be very honest. Uh, yeah. Although yeah. We, we all know what happened in the finals. Yeah,
0: that's right. And that front fr- front three, sorry, of Lavezzi, Higuain and and Messi. There's, I'd always wondered that. What was Levetsi? how do you think he'll be remembered as, uh, like going forward and when people are looking back in 20 or 30 years' time? Uh,
1: an unsung hero, especially at that World Cup. Very underappreciated. He was a great squad player. We didn't see it maybe at the time going into the World Cup because his, his career with the national team was always that substitute role, You know, playing on the wing, doing the dirty work. But at that World Cup, he absolutely stepped up. Uh, when Di Maria got injured, uh, when Agüero wasn't 100%, even Messi was tired, and and Lavezzi was there putting in a shift every single match that he played, and he was Argentina's best player in that final, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, even though he only played 45 minutes, he created the most danger, he ran towards the Germans. Uh, I'm, to a certain degree, I'm convinced, although, you know, I say this considering all the chances that we missed, but I'm convinced had he played the full 90 minutes or 120 minutes that Argentina would have if not one, at least created a lot of, a lot more danger than, than they did. He was, um, you know, a lot of times we kind of joke that he was that presence in the team, that joker that made people laugh. And there's that, you know, that famous moment of him squirting a water bottle onto uh, Alejandro Sabela on the touchline. And then they asked him about, it. he said, well, I, I just thought he needed to, you know, to chill. So I sprayed him with water, uh, which got a laugh out of, out of a lot of people and, And Sabella's reaction at the time, he took it, you know, just like as as a friendly type of thing. It wasn't anything serious. So, yes, he helped the team out off the pitch, but on the pitch, he was uh, very, very underrated, uh, very underrated and just seems like a great guy overall.
0: Mm, Because he's still, like, you know, very fondly remembered in in Naples. And, of course, because of his his stint with Napoli. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Great, great player, great player. All right, your I always had a bit of a soft spot for Enzo Perez. Again, it's that central midfielder, Argentinian sort of. Is he is he in Argentina? Is he back in Argentina now, or is he still in Europe?
1: No, no, no. He was with uh, Argentina. He was with uh, River Plate.
0: He, he was played great. actually
1: as a goalkeeper for River Plate um, just about uh, less than a year ago. Oh, really? uh, <laughs> How yeah, that and he played he he played quite well actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, he, was, uh... was it
1: it was injuries and everyone was hit with COVID as well for River Plate. Yeah, and he played as a goalkeeper. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to, to remember. I think he actually kept a clean sheet. If I'm not mistaken,
0: for <laughs> wow. he yeah. So did he play and the whole match? People... Did he play the whole match, or was he substituted? The whole
1: match. No, the whole match. Oh, all wow. The, the I thought he was minutes.
0: substituted on because of a red card or something similar.
1: No, 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 no. River. We're
0: going through
1: just like everybody else. Everyone had COVID, and and especially injuries too uh, to pile on top, and then. You know, news broke out that Enzo was going to play as goalkeeper, and it was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people tuned in. I think people that don't normally tune into Argentine football probably tuned in a little bit, or at least saw the highlights to see. But uh, yeah, no, no, he had left um, Europe
0: before then because he went to Spain. I remember he went to Spain, but I don't think he was there for very long. I guess, but
1: no, 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 you're really money. money.
0: Yeah, oh, you're right too. Uh, he signed for big money for Valencia. I, rem- I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah, he I'm did, just, he did. Yeah, And he was he was great for Argentina too in 2014. Very instrumental. Argentina probably don't make the final without him, especially yeah. with like Lucas Biglia not really being 100% and, like I said, the injuries to Di Maria and everybody else. So it was a team effort that year.
0: Yeah, you're right. A Copa Libertadores match, River Plate announced that over 20 players, including all four rostered goalkeepers, would miss the match due to a COVID outbreak. With no substitutes, Enzo Perez appeared in goal, playing the entirety of the match. Against the Colombian side Independiente Santa Fe, in which they won two one, he was awarded. Okay, so it wasn't of, a clean. He team. was awarded man a, of the. He made a number of key <laughs> saves and awarded man of the match for his performance. Wow, there you go. Yeah, uh, someone that's a, that's a squad slightly, player, isn't it? That's a squad
1: player. <laughs> that's an ultimate squad player. Someone maybe slightly taller than Messi playing playing goal oh, and, and making awesome. some
0: saves. That's very cool. I didn't know that. So even more reason to love him. See, mm-hmm. all right, your favorite game from your World Cup life.
1: Argentina-England 1998. Uh, I think that one for me had everything. If you look at, especially, well, I think that tournament had everything, but specifically that game, if you look at the players on both sides, for for Argentina, you're talking Gabriel Batistuta, Ariel Ortega, Diego Simeone, uh, Javier Zanetti, Roberto Agiala, and then you have the substitutes, for example, Crespo on the bench, uh, Verón, and then you look at England, you know, big name, yes, David Beckham, but Michael Owen bursting onto the scene as well, and and Sol Campbell and and David Seaman. And that was such a good uh, set of players. And then that was the first time they had played each other since 86, since the Maradona Hand of God, you know, at a World Cup, the first time playing each other. And then the round of 16, and had everything. You had early goals, you had penalties within the, the 120 minutes, You had a red card, uh, you had great plays, you had a goal disallowed, uh, and then you had penalties as well. It it was the ultimate, in my opinion, probably the ultimate world cup entertainment in terms of game. Like if you, if you guys, if whoever's listening to this, if you've never watched that game, do yourself a favor. I think it's on the FIFA plus app or it's on YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Definitely check it out. You will not be disappointed. Um, and then obviously the plus side for me was Argentina ended up <laughs> winning that match, but it, it had, it had everything the, the drama, just the, the players, the quality of the players as well. And I might sound old, although I'm not, I'm not old. I, I don't believe I am, but you know, they don't make them the same type of players as, as they do. You know, it's, we're getting different kinds of players now, much more, you know, athletic, not that they weren't before, but the the football ability on both sides were just incredible, incredible and, and the rivalry and everything. So um, that for me was my favorite World Cup match. Yeah,
0: yeah. To 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 think you go like one nil behind to a Battersby goal after five minutes, and then you, and then you and then like because England went ahead, didn't they? Before was it before yeah. half time? Before half
1: time, and then they had uh, they had a penalty, and then Michael Owen scored that goal, which did not resemble anything like Maradona in eighty six at all. No. Owen ran half no. you know half the pitch completely unmarked, and then outran uh, I think it was Ajala. Zanetti uh, and scored but then you had Zanetti who scored right before halftime it was like that short free kick taken Ah, by by Verón and you know years later Zanetti said um, I think that pass initially was supposed to be to I think Ortega like Ortega was the one that was supposed to take that shot and then it was like a final yell from the bench saying "No, no no Zanetti we're gonna do it to Zanetti he played it short and he scored and it was, it was great. And then, you know, a little tidbit, we were just talking about 2014. Well, Alejandro Sabela was part of that coaching staff in 98. He was part of Pasarella's coaching staff. So it had everything. It had great goals, great players, uh, a well-deserved red card. Very violent play by David Beckham on that card, uh, on that on that foul on on Simeone. <laughs> on a
0: clean skin like Simeone too, who's like an angel. who wouldn't touch anybody. He is, absolutely. How, like, it's say,
1: yes, absolutely. How? you can say
0: disgraceful.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Simeone's never hurt uh, anyone in his entire life on the pitch. Never.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's a big, no, big man, set of um, influence there. You had Nelson Vivas, Javier Zanetti, yeah. Simeone, Ortega Verón. had a little spell in Italy, Veron. Lopez, yeah. Batistuda, of course. Everyone, we all love Batistuda. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Crespo as well, that. and you've got a future uh, managerial great there on the bench in Gallardo. He was there.
1: Yeah, Marcelo Cachardo as well. Yeah, yeah. Recently, yeah. just left uh, River Plate, but that was it. Was a stacked Argentina team. It was. Yeah. Uh, they they pa- deserve better, I think, in that World
0: Cup. Yeah, Pablo Paz, always one of my favourite yeah, footballing Pablo names. Paz, yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what he did Pablo, or where he came from. But- but every time i see say his name, i got Pablo Paz. There he is. See, you know,
1: his son plays for Real Madrid's youth team. Oh, and really? The Argentina under-20 team. Yeah, Nicolas Paz uh, uh, plays for... He got called up for Argentina's under-20 team this year uh, by Javier Mascherano, and he played for them. And he's been playing and playing very well, actually, as well oh, for wow. uh, Real Madrid's youth team, in the Champions Excellent. League specifically.
0: Yeah. Where does, so, where does he play? Uh, midfield. More he but, plays midfield. Uh, attacking yeah, midfield. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, midfielder.
1: Cool. And, uh, so, so, yeah, there's some connections there.
0: Yeah, and of course they played that match at Saint-Etienne. I've been to Saint-Etienne's ground. It's not a massive ground. So to have like a oh. it's like 30,000 or thereabouts, but it's not playing, yeah. you know, at Paris with 80,000 or in Marseille with 55,000. So so for that match with that atmosphere and those players and those moments, it, it just would have been electric to have been there. Yeah. Do you remember watching yeah. it live?
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was eight years old at the time. I just turned eight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now now I'm showing my age, but <laughs> I was eight years old at the time watching it. It was the first real World Cup that I fully understand. Like, you know, I I watch and I remember bits and parts of '94, but as a four year old, you don't fully understand the game, right? '98, uh, you understand more of the rules and you recognize a lot more of the players. So I was kind of watching I was very very nervous, and and that first half ended, and I'm just thinking to myself. Like, wow, are we really going to get more goals? Just like one more goal and stop, please. Argentina, one goal, stop. Um, and then I can't remember if it was an extra time or not, but, but I, I believe it was an extra time. It was the golden goal. I think it was Sol Campbell with the header. And then uh, that got disallowed. Oh, a foul, that's right. Yeah, because
0: I think Shearer elbowed the, the keeper elbow. or bumped the keeper. Yeah. Yeah,
1: on on Carlos Roa. And uh, and then Argentina started a quick counter attack and nearly scored off that. Uh, and that was the first time I had really fully experienced, you know, penalty shootouts at a World Cup. Yeah. And then uh, Crespo missed uh, initially. I think it was a second shot taker, penalty taker for Argentina. He had missed and England had scored with Shearer, if I'm not mistaken. And then Veron scored. I'm like, okay. And then Carlos Roa pulled off uh, two saves uh, in the shootout, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Argentina won. And, and you know, we, we were talking about this right before we went on air. I was like, that's it. We're invincible. No one's going to beat us. <laughs> and then we're going to win the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's it doesn't always work that way, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, bring on the Netherlands. That's awesome. it,
1: and that was even that match. We we I'm not going to say we had it won, but you know, Batisuta hitting the post and uh, Ortega's red card on Van der Sar, which was mm. you know completely useless, and then Bergkamp's moment of magic goal. Yeah,
0: incredible, incredible. Yeah, very cool. Did you were you were you watching that with family, like that World Cup, or were you what? Yeah.
1: No, it was, it was uh, me, my brother, and my dad. Uh, we were we were watching. My dad's a Brazil fan. Uh, he grew up watching Pelé. So for him, it was always, you know, Pelé is the king. Maradona was good. Pelé was king. And then I had my brother, uh, grew up watching Maradona, say, no, Maradona was better. And I was stuck in between, I'm like, no, no, no it's Argentina. We're not. <laughs> it's not Brazil. I, I never supported Brazil, never really will ever support Brazil. But no, I was watching it with them. And um, yeah, it. When to Betis- hit the post, I'm like, okay, we're gonna get another chance. You know, I was, I wasn't, I was still naive because now, if I'm watching a team, if I'm watching a game, and that team hits the post, I know that that's it. They're cursed. They're never gonna score in that game. And <laughs> shortly after, the other team's gonna score. Back then, I was still naive. I thought, well, you know, they created that one chance. We're gonna yeah. create
0: another. But that sounds uh... very Italian of you. <laughs> <laughs> so you, can, you can't oh. be you can't be cynical when you're eight years old. Surely not. yeah Of course
1: not. No, 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 no. You still, you still did you have to go? Because what would the time
0: difficult. difference be? There, like, would you had to have gone to? A, it was. Like, it was.
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember. No, it was summertime at the time for oh, us, okay. right? It was yep. June, so school was school was over. But I'm trying to remember. I believe it was morning-ish, like morning time, and yeah. it was nine a.m. or so, or maybe yep. a little bit later. I can't quite that's... remember, but. I know it wasn't afternoon yet. But.
0: Yeah, that's a challenge for you. Watch Watch your team lose on penalty shootout and then have to go to school. That's a uh, I mean, That's a very traumatic I, experience.
1: I I just <laughs> yeah. watched Argentina lose uh, versus Saudi Arabia, having to wake up having to wake up at five a.m. So... <laughs> Actually, look <laughs> no, at three thirty a.m. Yeah. Yeah, that's...
0: Five a.m. is like a sleep in for people in Australia to watch a World Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, and last question. Yeah, who's been your or which has been your favourite team? from your World Cup journey? Oh, ever? Ever, yeah. Any I, team, I any nation?
1: I mean, nation, I think it's it's got to be Argentina. It's pretty
0: clear. Any yep. team.
1: It's it's between two. It's between uh, 2014, for obvious reasons that we just kind of spoke about, but as well the 2016, uh, just because I adored a lot of those players uh, from Riquelme to Crespo to Saviola to Messi to Aymar to... You know, Ajala was there, Sorin, I loved, Cambiaso, Mascherano, uh, Maxi Rodriguez. The list goes on and on. And that team, not that I I had already loved the team and had been supporting them for even, you know, since '94, so even over 10 years by then. Mm. But that was the first team, especially after the heartbreak of 2002. But that was the first team that really made me believe we can go toe to toe against anybody and not just win, but win in style and, and outplay them. And even in the game that they lost against Germany, I thought Argentina really outplayed them. I think if that game takes place anywhere else, anywhere other than Berlin in Germany, I think Argentina win. Uh, but you know, you, you have a goalkeeper that gets injured, you get a red card or a yellow card that doesn't really get called, and a penalty that doesn't get called against the Germans, and then a lot of stuff happened—a poor substitution by by Peckerman or substitutions. But those two teams, uh, 2006. Um, fearless honestly fearless especially after the debacle of 2002 Uh, they had you know put that ghost away and they were determined to to win it all Uh, and 2014 um, they were two teams that really made me dream the same way I'm dreaming now Uh, you know 16 years later or eight years later whatever you want to call it that this team could go all, all the way and and do something that hasn't been done for Argentina since 86. Um, but yeah, those two sets of players, those two teams, I can't pick. I really can't pick between those two. Um, I'm leaning more towards 2014, maybe maybe because it was more recent and obviously making the final, but um, it's difficult to, to decide between those two.
0: Yeah. And the 06 team had a few, uh, I guess, a few warriors and a few hard nuts and, you know, a few, a few, a few guys who like to dabble in the arts of, you know, Football villainy, if you call it. were football villains, I guess. Um, yeah, it was such a strong side. And was that the game? Was that the, I don't know if that was in the group stage or the knockout stage, but was that when, was it Maxi Rodriguez scored that goal Mexico. against Mexico? I think that was a knockout yeah, stage, the, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Round, round of 16, yeah. in uh, I think it was in Leipzig, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, fantastic uh, game. A fantastic goal. Fantastic I, goal. I was watching that game with my with my dad and, um, you know, it was extra time, and and that match never went to, to extra time because Messi actually scored, I think it was the 88th or 89th minute, um, and they called it offside when he actually wasn't. It was a wrong call. So that match never should have gone to extra time, but I'm watching that match with my dad, and it's one of those games where you're thinking, oh, God, like are we really going to go to penalties against Mexico? Because we played Mexico in the 2005 Confederations Cup a year prior, and that match went to penalties. And that was, even though it was a Confederations Cup, it was still... You know the nerves, mm. and I'm thinking, I don't want this to happen again, and please no. And and I, I remember that game it was June 24, 2006. I want to say Leipzig, I want to say Leipzig,
0: and because they, they had a hard group too, didn't they? 2006 because they had Serbia, Serbia and, and Ivory, Ivory Coast. Coast and the Netherlands,
1: and the Netherlands, if wow, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Serbia and Montenegro had not conceded or had only conceded one goal throughout the entire qualifiers of that world cup yeah uh for whatever reason i, I think I, I remember that statistic and you had ivory coast making the world cup debuts and and it's never easy opening game mm. and that match ended uh you know argentina won and then six nil against serbia and montenegro and then they you know they drew nil nil versus netherlands that's fine yep. but that match against mexico when max rodriguez scored i had so much emotion within me that nothing came out the first like five seconds if that makes any sense it was like it went in and I'm still processing the fact that it went in and I'm looking like okay they went in this is this happened they're celebrating I look at my dad my dad looks at me and I just I yell out like I let out just a big relief a big i don't know what it was at the time some some sound came out of
0: it yeah. <laughs> something came out
1: but it took me a couple of seconds to process that yeah. that goal the chest and the,
0: and the oh, body. amazing amazing and kempiese well, of course you know you got that goal against serbia montenegro wow. as well 20, which, you know it's, it's 24 an, iconic goal, and... an iconic goal for lots of reasons but of course of course and, and of course that was the match amazing player yeah we discussed before you know we, you can go of back course. and listen to the old episode on the podcast feed but yeah very much the, a, I'm in love with Esteban Cambiaso
1: the the classic number five right and the funny part is I mean you know 24 passes led to that goal and you had Riquelme on the pitch you had Crespo you had Saviola who scored the defensive midfielder who came on as a substitute <laughs> because yeah. Lucho Gonzalez was Gonzalez got injured in that game. Cambiaso mm. comes on, and you have Crespo pulling off a back heel, and then Cambiaso scoring. And You're thinking, what is wrong with this? <laughs> but you know, it's um, that, that was that was a masterclass of, of yeah. a goal. They're
0: like, like spoiled of... for choice, aren't they? Up front, it seemed like you know, in years yeah. gone by, because like even that particular squad. Yeah.
1: You had, and you know, you had a young Tevez, you had an 18, just turned 19-year-old or was turning 19-year-old uh, that tournament, Messi. You had Julio Cruz as a substitute, former interman. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's you had options. Um, Crespo and Saviola were starting those games uh, in the group stages, and then Tevez came in in the quarterfinals and Messi on the bench and Aymar on the bench as well, and Cruz. Mm-hmm. So you had different kinds of uh, of players there. And see, I, I'm looking back and it's just it hurts. It hurts knowing that they, they, you know, we were robbed of an Argentina Italy semifinal you mm. know, or an Argentina anyone else, or Argentina France final, let's say. Yep. But uh, it, it hurts. But yeah, to go back to your original question, I want, I'll, I'll final answer, I'll say 2014, but that's probably just because they made the final.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they had in goal again, another fantastically named Roberto Abondanzieri. Uh, um, so yeah, he Pato, the duck yeah another it's another fantastic player. name anytime i saw him playing i was like oh i love this guy yeah. just for his name it's awesome hey do you know how he got that name the the duck the nickname the duck oh i used to know
1: this um i actually don't i i, I used to know this i i swear this whole we'll thing <laughs> made me made me mess up my my any memory i've had of like from 10 years ago or more i, I just yeah. forgot <laughs> but uh, maybe it's because he maybe looks like a duck, I, I can't remember. now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but he was he was a great shot stopper, like penalty kicks, and that one hurt as well because he got injured, so he wasn't part of the penalty shootout against Germany. Instead, it was uh, Leo Franco, but he was great at penalties. Always was for Boca Juniors or Getafe, and he was a great ball distributor. I mean, mm. people talk and obviously rightfully so about the distribution by let's say Manuel Neuer and and Ederson of Brazil, but. Abondanzieri, go back and watch those games at the World Cup specifically. Wow. And, and if I'm not mistaken, it was the first goal against Ivory Coast. The foul. Crespo got fouled. But what led to that foul was uh, a ball from Abondanzieri just pinged it forward. Inch perfect to Crespo. Crespo got fouled and that led to the cross of the goal. Uh, but yeah, he was he was very good.
0: Yeah. Abondanzieri, it says he I just looked it up because I thought I'll see if I can find the duck. But it also looks like he went into coaching. And was he – obviously, he was uh, besties with Martin Palladmo because it looks like he's followed him everywhere that Martin Palladmo has gone. He's gone with him as well, even in coaching.
1: Yeah, but but I think out of that 2016 team, uh, more than half are uh, in coaching.
0: Wow. Uh, More than
1: half are, are in coaching. I mean, you have like three of them, part of the current team right now. With Scaloni's there, Aymar. Uh, Samuel didn't make that World Cup, but you know he was there as well. Uh, Pato, Mascherano's coaching, Samuel. Saviola, Saviola's coaching in, in Barcelona. He's he's coaching their uh, academy team.
0: Um, is Walter Pato Samuel? Well, it, it always makes me laugh. Is he like? He seems to be like the most unlikely player to go into coaching. Yeah. But, you know, every time I see him on the <laughs> sideline, I just go, "What is he doing there?" And then he pops up with his iPad and his notebook and stuff, and I'm going, "It's bizarre. Like, it's just weird yeah. to see like the player that he was." which obviously yeah. speaks to his intelligence on the field as of a central course. defender uh, and then and then seeing their coaching and just like wow must but, be the influence of the uh their their amazing coach they had in uh, 2010 at that World Cup obviously because yeah obviously, of course he so obviously in inspired <laughs> many Great <laughs> you know, tactician yes the master tactician <laughs> that is Diego.
1: Yeah, it had nothing to do with probably, you know, Mourinho at, at Inter or any other coach that he had potentially ever. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> no, very good. Uh, but, oh, but well, no, very, I, very cool, Roy. Good. Thanks for sharing those memories with us. It's it's very good. And uh, yeah, much appreciated. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us again, Roy. So just let people know where can we find you and your work?
1: Yeah, uh, so it's uh one-stop shop for, for anything regarding Argentina news uh, in English and also on Twitter uh, at Roy Nemer, so R-O-Y-N-E-M-E-R and also uh, on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> all you have to do is oh, type yes. in Munda Leste you'll, uh, you'll find us there. We're doing live discussions, uh, reviewing, previewing games at the World Cup and we have videos leading up to the World Cup and videos after the World Cup. So uh, you can find us at on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and even Instagram.
0: Perfect. All right. Thanks again, Roy. It's been awesome to chat.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: That was an awesome chat with Roy. I hope you all enjoyed it and you're enjoying the three world cup questions series. Uh, Thanks again for listening. That's all very much appreciated. Uh, Please don't forget to rate and review and share the podcast where you can. It all helps. Uh, You can find plenty more culture goodness during the world cup at gentlemanultra.com. Thanks for listening. Take care and enjoy your culture.